when people say, oh, Lolita, are you a solo fund uh, manager? How do you do it all? I'm like, well, it's the community. I have the community and the community has me. So that's how we're going to do it. Like, I'm not alone. Let's let's get that straight. Welcome back to the Vitalize podcast. I'm your host, Justin Gordon, the director of marketing at Vitalize Venture Capital. On today's episode, we have Lolita Taub. GP at Ghana's Ventures, where she invests in pre-seed and seed community-driven companies in the U.S. and Latin America. She's got over 15 years of experience working within the Silicon Valley ecosystem. She's accomplished $70 million in sales, made 90-plus investments as an angel investor, scouted at Lightspeed Venture Partners, and VC at Backstage Capital, as well as the Community Fund. She also is the co-founder of a proprietary matching tool, startup investor matching tool as well as the GPLP matching tool and she has a thriving community. Let's dive in. Lolita, welcome to the show. Hello, thank you for having me on. Yes, thanks for taking the time. You are an impressive figure in the venture landscape for all the work you do to support founders, uh, if people don't already know that. But I'm curious, and I know the story a little bit, but if everyone's not familiar with how you got into venture in the first place, let's start there and we'll dive into a lot of different topics. But how'd you get into venture in the first place? Oh, we need many hours to, to talk about that, but I'll give you the, the TLDR. It, it, my career started in technology and in corporate tech, actually. So I worked at IBM, at Cisco, and so I was already a big nerd that had to keep up with what's happening in the world of technology and how are we enabling this new world of being global. I mean, I went to school back in the day when we were still talking about the impacts of globalization. Um, I don't know if that says anything to you. But, but anyway, so 15 years ago, start at IBM, I was uh, working in consulting and then, and then also in sales. And it was really in my sales career that I was representing the entire IBM and then later on Cisco portfolio of hardware, software and services. And so I was always looking at what's what's bleeding edge and bleeding edge at big corporations is a little different than in the startup world and that's what (laughs) i found out as soon as i exposed myself into it and it was all thanks to a project that i that i worked on where i interviewed 100 women uh, founders that i was just like what wait what there's this whole other world uh that where you're not selling to smbs or fortune 1000s or 500s and I was really intrigued by the opportunity that uh, investing in women at the time, um, how much opportunity there was from a business side, but also from a, wow, I am the right person to be investing in this space. And so that kind of started this this whole self soul searching really um journey into what am i doing with my life uh do i stay in a cushy nine to five job that offers benefits and a steady paycheck or do i jump into the world of startups (laughs) where everything's uncertain and instead of working a nine to five you're working a lot longer and for a lot less pay well i decided to take that jump for whatever it was worth um my last manager uh said that it was a little bit crazy because my job and what I was getting paid and everything was couldn't just I was on the right track from a corporate perspective but my heart called me somewhere else and so I after this project where I interviewed these women I was determined that I would figure out how to invest in women and as I started digging into the problems uh, that existed in the startup world by jumping into the silicon Valley ecosystem, working at startups in, in, in the Bay Area, in New York, and, and just, you know, different places, 
I, I realized that the, the problem was much deeper than just women um, getting funded. And I became more focused on determining what role could I play in addressing the issues uh, that were happening in the VC startup ecosystem. I actually learned what a VC was. And from there on, I, I, I decided I'm going to be an investor, except when I went to Silicon Valley, everyone told me I did not fit in and I did not belong and I could not get a job in any of these firms because I just did not have the right pedigree for it. Um, and so I, you know, I was just like, oh, that's sad. And I cried and, you know, felt bad. And then I was like, you know what, who are these people to tell me that I'm going to go and like figure it out. So I, I, I have, I've, I started volunteering to learn the, the art of venture capital, then um, volunteering at angel groups, Tech Coast Angels is one of them. The Cove at the at UC Irvine is another. Uh, started participating in different groups like Portfolio, and um, yeah, just started involving myself and doing the job of and learning from from anyone who would allow me to learn. And eventually, I decided to go and do my MBA and focus on tech and venture capital. And this was in in Madrid, actually. And so I that was where I broke into VC. I had my first uh, early stage uh, VC role there, and and you know I never looked back. I came back to the U.S., worked at Backstage, have since uh, invested in ninety one companies as a scout, as an angel in accelerators, at funds. I, I previously launched the Community Fund, and and now we're we're on to Ghana's Ventures, where we invest in pre seed and seed community driven companies in the U.S. and in LATAM. Um, very much focused on both Web 2 and Web 3 and very curious also about the, the Web 2.5 that allows this, this hybrid <laughs> world that we live in now. Indeed. With that incredible journey, and there's way more to it. I've, I've read your blog post before. I've seen them. There's way more to the story. Obviously, we have limited time, so I get the <laughs> shortened version, so I appreciate that. Yeah. But with this story, tell me about raising the fund now. Obviously, you raised a different fund before. You've been mm -hmm. at other venture capital firms. Why the timing now for raising Ghana's ventures? Yeah, so a great question. I I finally took the leap is the short of it. Uh, I was at the community fund up until October of last year. And, it, you know, it, it was just kind of like life. Uh, TCF was a great fund and it broke my heart to walk away because it will always be my baby. And, and I <laughs> partnered with Jesse Middleton um, to launch it. And we invest in 28 companies and they're all doing really, really well. Super proud of, of the team, our investment partners and everything. The problem with, with the setup of the community fund was that we had a sole LP and it didn't allow for, for fees, which meant I didn't get paid in cash, but only in carry. And for someone who comes from uh, a background where I became a breadwinner for my family at Matriarch at the age of 23, and I have a mom and, and two younger siblings, uh, that didn't that couldn't be a sustainable thing for me to do. And so while I was doing the community fund, I also had a full-time job as VP of corporate development at a Series A startup. And I could do that for a while, but I figured that I need to live a longer life and focus on, <laughs> on being more sustainable, a little bit kinder to my body. And so um, at the end of, uh, of, a, of our cycle for TCF in October, walked away, took two months to do all the 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 research on fund formation, 
on uh, what I wanted to do, how I wanted to set up the fun and come the first Monday in January this year, put in my my notice that I was taking off from my day job. A few weeks later, I formed Ghana's Ventures and you know, it was just the, the right time for me to take the leap. And uh, yeah, I just I just decided to do it, I guess is the I'm like, yeah, that's like the first Nike. step. I mean, just you have to do it. Make a just choice. do it. <laughs> right, they're so great with their slogan. I know it's it's crazy how great it is. With that, getting to that point of you like decide, okay, it's it's time. This feels right. This is everything. Obviously, before that, you've put in a tremendous amount of work. Yeah. To get this point, to build community, to do all of that as well. I want to dive into that side of things a little bit first. With the work you've done before, and I like the map you put out on like on Twitter, like your, like your pinned tweet or something around like Lolita as a service and all the different things you offer, which is <laughs> a, a lot. Take me through the evolution of that, though, from when you first kind of start that to then like, oh, I'm actually offering this and I'm offering this. I like just I'd love to hear more about how that progressed or like how that works looks today. Yeah, I, I, I think the 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 answer that I would love to give is I sat down and I did my market research and then I decided to evolve <laughs> a product and service line of such and such. No, but really what happened is I you know, from from very young age I've always been community driven and, and for me it's been when I was little and growing up in South Central was literally food security, physical security that the community provided. And so for me, it's always been, you take care of the community, the community takes care of you. And as I've entered into the startup world, I noticed that there was a lot of need uh, and that some of the information that was shared the way it was shared, it wasn't very accessible to our communities of underestimated founders and funders and friends, right? And so I I just started doing the things that I like to do, write about things, invest. And as, as I was going through the journey, I would have a lot of founders or investors ask me the same questions or have the same requests. And as part of that, and in serving the community, I just thought, well, I don't have the scalability to do so many things at one time. So how do I scale myself and support founders and funders and friends in our community um, in a way that is going to be a value add um, and that I can sustain. And so that's how all of these different things happen. So for example, the startup investor matching tool where we've had over 50 investments done post intros through the tool and the tool in, uh, for those who may not know it introduces underestimated founders to investors. So this came about and so 50 plus, de- 50 plus deals have happened with a total value of over $6 million in the last couple of years. And this Amazing. one, this tool came about because I didn't have the capital to invest in all these great founders. And founders were like, well, Lita, I want you to be my investor. And I'm like, I want to too, but I have to pay bills and I don't <laughs> I have money. I can't. And at the same time, I'm starting to build this network and the social capital and I'm like, well, I don't want to be a bottleneck. What if I just use my social capital and help out our community because there's such great companies that need to get funding, but there's there's a gap between the founders and these investors. And so I decided, well, let, let me let me put together the startup investor matching tool and see how it goes. And like I said, it's it's gone really great, um, so great that it crashes now multiple times a day because there's. Uh, sometimes people that are submitting their company, founders are submitting their companies all at the same time. And anyway, so, so that's how all of these things have come about. I also very much love, um, writing and making things, uh, writing things in a way that are simply understood 
And because that's the only way to really open up access and also to find the best companies that are overlooked uh, from an investor perspective. And so I've leaned on things that I really like doing. I love uh, Twitter. Twitter is my second home. I love writing. So my newsletter, <laughs> that's it is. <laughs> <laughs> right. And yeah, I mean, it's just been really organic. Uh, and it was just recently, actually, at the end of last year and, and thinking about launching Ghana's that I decided to put it all under this you know, banner of LAS, which is Lolita, like you mentioned, Lolita as a service. And that came about because the community started calling me Lolita as a service. I need LAS. And I was just like, okay, we'll call it LAS. And so all of these tools and content and resources and programs, I just put under that. And now that's being handled by, by a, a team of subcontractors that are actually the way that I pay them is through memberships, through sponsorships, through things of that nature. So anything that I do, it goes to sustaining this because I believe it should be in the ecosystem um, separate to Ghana's. So, so while LAS is all about social impact and, and serving a global community of underestimated founders, funders, and friends on their journey to start up and investor success, Ghana's is all about investing community driven uh, precedency startups um, for returns and creating generational wealth. So on this side, it is also bringing in the community, but very much on a level of, hey, look, VC is a community sport. Let's bring in the community. Let's see how much damage we could do. Let's let's build a fund, bring people in and, and run with that. And so that's, that's what we're building. That's why it's a 506C. For those of you who don't know what that means, it means I can talk about it publicly as I'm raising. And the reason is because I want a couple things. One is I believe that it's our community that has access to deal flow that Silicon Valley does not and that it is quality deal flow. I believe that if we empower uh, our community, whether accredited or not, which right now I can only accept accredited investors, but I'm creating different opportunities, uh, they're in the works, <laughs> to bring in more folks to, yes. to say, look, we need to change the face of VC. And the only way we do that is by by doing things like this. So I want, when people say, oh, Lolita, are you a solo fund uh, manager? How do you do it all? I'm like, well, it's the community. I have the community and the community has me. So that's how we're going to do it. Like, I'm not alone. Let's let's get that straight. <laughs> Many people involved, for sure. Everyone. You're leading the charge, though. You're definitely leading <laughs> the charge, though. To be clear, but there's a lot of people involved. And with that too, with you raising in this capacity, obviously you can you know, talk publicly about it and raise up to 10 million, so 9.99 million. With that, how are you thinking about it? Just in terms of who you want on on that, who, who you want as LPs in, in that fund? Like, how do you think about that right now? Obviously you're going through the thick of it at the moment. So I'd love to hear more about just how you're thinking about the whole process of it as well. Yeah. Um, so yesterday I was actually on a on a panel and we were talking about the size of the fund and LP uh, strategy. And some were saying, well, we want the least amount of LPs and we want a super big fund and all these sorts of things. And I said, I actually want to maximize on the amount of LPs I can have, because to me, that means it's a bigger team sourcing, doing due diligence and betting on the best deals. And so from my perspective there, look, I, of course, I need to make sure that I hit my target of 10 million. And so I want to have some bigger checks, especially at the beginning. So right now, for example, I am accepting 50K checks plus. Uh, and then everyone else right now is in, in, on a wait list. 
And what I want to do is take on bigger checks um, from people who are community driven, uh, who are values aligned. And, and then so that when I have the bulk of the fund raised, I'm able to then open it up and have all these spots for smaller LP checks to come in. And so for me, that's the strategy in terms of who I want, high net worth individuals, family offices, institutionals, if they're progressive enough and willing enough, right? Because <laughs> it, this is a very interesting, and, and those are the, the LPs that I'm bringing in. Um, but from a human perspective, I want people who want to see a change in the industry, who believe in the power of community, who want to learn, but also have skill sets and expertise that they can provide. Maybe you don't know VC, but you're an expert in a particular area that I'm not. So I would love to have you as part of the community. And one thing we're doing too is we want people who are who who want to roll up their sleeves. So as part of like the onboarding process for LPs at Ghana's, what we we have an operator LP uh, program, which basically means once you onboard, you wire, we send you an onboarding um, form. You tell us what your areas of expertise are. You tell us what you want to do, how you want to be engaged, or how little you don't. It's optional. Um, and, and as needs arise, we'll tap into folks. So I'm a huge believer in low lift, high impact. And for me, this is a great way of being able to have a community of, of LPs, the Ghana's family, you know, uh, to allow them to add value in the way that they can. So they're not just an LP line on some, you know, ledger, <laughs> but they're actually contributing and at the same time, it really helps the whole fund be successful. And in turn, it's a win-win because we all win if, if we're doing the best job and bringing the best people to, to the table. With all of that too, and with your, your experience over the last few years with doing so many different things at the same time, how do you systemize, operationalize, like organize everyone? Because you do have so many supporters, but you're also doing so many initiatives. And from my perspective, I look at it and like, She's got to be organized in some capacity. How do you help connect the dots between things? Just take me through more of that side of things, especially with raising the fund now too. How do you imagine I do it? Let me ask you. I'm so there's, curious. Uh, I, my theory is there's actually 11 or 12 Lolitas. You're just one version. And there's, like, there's like a bunch of clones. And you're like, yeah, here's Lolita. Like, she looks the same as the other one, but actually different people. That's my theory, but I, I, I would curious as to how you're doing it. <laughs> Wow, uh, Gail did say you were funny. Um, no, I, I, lo I love that. So, I think one thing is 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 uh, discipline, being disciplined, time boxing things, being super organized. I have lists uh, of things to do, and on a weekly basis, I'm prioritizing. And uh, to not lose my mind, I'm also setting priorities. So I say, okay. I need to accomplish X, Y, Z thing this week. And if other things happen and I'm able to accomplish more, that's great. So, so being kind to myself, I think is part of the process, but, but being pretty disciplined about here are the tasks that need to be the priorities. Here are the tasks to accomplish those priorities of those goals. And then being very, uh, very thoughtful about um, time blocks leveraging no code, low code, leveraging uh, now from a community perspective, leveraging the last team, which they are all really wonderful contractors. I hope one day I can 
Um, we can also have full-time folks, but for the time being, this is what we can do. Um, and then on, I, I also have to say on the Ghana side, I'm very fortunate. My husband is an actuary by trade, data scientist, developer, great with finance, great with legal. So he does all of the operations for Ghana. Very helpful. <laughs> we, have, we have Angel Liz, who's our uh, fun admin, and Andrew, who's, who's my fun admin lead, is incredible. So he's part of the Ghana's team. I have Rhea, who's my EA as well. And between us three, we probably do the work of 30. Uh, and and I'm, I'm proud of that. But at the same time, uh, I'm excited to, to finish fundraising so we have the, all the support that we truly need to work at optimal levels. And on that note, I am looking for a couple of folks to join the Ghana's Ventures team, uh, one yeah. in in community. So if you know anyone, let me know. And another one uh, from, <laughs> from an associate perspective, uh, I definitely need some help going through deal flow as, as well. So uh, we are doing a lot. Uh, I think we, we need more, more hands on board and I look forward to welcoming them because I do not want to do it all. I'll <laughs> and yeah, I wish okay. I had 10 clones of me. That would be great. <laughs> I'd be like, Lolita one, do this. Lolita two, yes. do that. Certainly. Spread out. With that too, those roles specifically, especially in a smaller fund. So we have obviously intimate knowledge of that. I realize uh, with, yeah. with having that smaller fund in 2018 with that, with those roles specifically, you mentioned those, but what are you looking for from that in terms of the people? Because you're building out your team, especially at a small fund. Team, I mean, it's so important because they have to carry so much weight from those roles, the community role, as well as the you know the associate or the deal flow, like deal analyst. Like the, in those people, like what do you want from them? Like, well, I'm curious your perspective. Yeah, self starters for one. Uh, I think it's really important to have similar values. So if you don't believe in community, you're probably not a good fit. Uh, <laughs> so number one, believe in the thesis, understand yes. what it is. Uh, number two, have an interest in, in rolling up your sleeves. I certainly want someone who, who's been in the field and we're not starting from, from scratch because as a small fund and with limited time and, and resources, we really cannot afford to train someone uh, freshly new to the ecosystem. But if people have volunteered, have spent some time doing the work of an associate uh, or at, uh, in community, certainly that's appreciated. So some experience would be great and not required, but that would be great. Self-starter believes in the, in the thesis. And to me, there's three things that I continuously tell the last team that I have found myself continuously saying. So I think these are also really important to me, which is one, um, from a foundational perspective and prioritizing, it's really important for folks to come in knowing, look, we can have a very big vision and we should always have a big vision, but always first set up a foundation that is smooth as butter. This is a phrase that we now say a lot at last. Smooth <laughs> as butter. So we want things to like foundation set. Then after that, uh, it's really important to always think about low lift, high impact. Again, thinking about how do we prioritize? What's what are we aiming for, and how do we get there in the lowest lift, highest impact way? With that, because we can get so excited and try to do so many things, but the reality is that we're all limited on time and, and money and so on and so forth. And yeah. and then finally, I think uh, the last thing is not being nice, but being kind. 
that is super important. It's really important to be able to have people who are able to say, hey, Lolita, you could do this better and let me show you how. Or I'm already <laughs> taking care of it. Let me do this. So, so those are some of the things that are really important um, for me and, and folks. Uh, someone who can broaden our horizons and take leadership also. Uh, I don't do well with micromanaging. I don't want to micromanage. I, I want to have someone who I'm just like, oh, okay, you got it. Run with it. Do it. Let's do it. And let's do it together. I don't, it's funny because I don't know a ton of people who love to micromanage, but especially in VC, there's just no like there's no way you would be able to with no. in terms of time capacity. Like there's no way someone as a, a GP would be able to micromanage necessarily. It's like you have to have that autonomy of someone who's able to work in that capacity and understands that to be able to make it work. But I know we're out of time. I want to be respectful of your time as well. Where's the best place for people to go to learn more about Ghana's Ventures? Connect with you as well, Lolita. Yeah. Well, Twitter, Lolita Tab is my handle. For Ghana's, we're at Ghana's.vc and also on Twitter at Ghana's.vc. And if you have any questions, let me know. We do have an, a really cool FAQ page. One of my LPs complimented me on it, which is very simple, okay. but it answers all the questions for founders. Like if you want funding, you get all your, your questions answered there. From a funder LP side, you get all your questions answered there. Um, and we even have a friend section. So we want to make sure we take care of everyone in the community. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to come on the show today. Thank you so much. It was really fun. Hey, thanks for listening. If you want to learn more about us, head on over to vitalize.vc. You can also follow us on Twitter at vitalizevc, or you can follow me on Twitter at justingordon212. Have a great day, and I'll talk to you in the next episode.